0: Welcome, one and all, to episode four. Are we on four? It's four. four. (laughs) Four. Lucky number four. Unlucky if you're in Asia. Uh, we are doing this is well, I don't understand that reference but no, in Asia, number four. no number four is like 13
1: in the states right. if you
0: go into in an elevator and you'll notice <laughs> I thought fault. it would be
1: way more interesting than that but so, I'm sorry if my. my not, is it's out. not your fault it's, it's Asia's fault
2: so five jerseys didn't sell too well <laughs> in Asia
1: apparently not well you'd go
0: in and like in the elevator you'll see one two three F. Because they, they'll actually have a fourth floor, unlike U.S., which says there's no 13th floor. But, of course, there is. Yeah, it's 14. Just, it's fourteen. 14. Uh, but, no, they'll be like, you never say four. You don't, you know, there's all these rules about it. I don't know. Asia, what do I know? So uh,
1: this, this episode's doomed to burn, so. Quite possibly. <laughs> uh, but and so it, we're here to, uh, <laughs> to talk a little movie.
0: And you might have heard, uh, no, Christine has not been taking her <laughs> testosterone pills. <laughs> no. There are some gentlemen in the room. Yes. Well uh-huh. uh our gentleman, can you introduce yourselves?
3: Uh yeah, my well, name is literally
0: a gentleman, so.
3: <laughs> My name is uh Sammy and uh I'm an alcoholic and uh I am a big fan of the Feminine critique podcast and one part of the GGTMC podcast.
0: Who's the other part?
3: Well, he needs to introduce himself.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need
1: to do it.
2: I uh I'm William. I'm Canadian and
3: uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, sammy's
3: Sam an comedian <laughs> Sim- they're similar very Sim- similar problems <laughs>
2: uh, and i also am a big fan of the feminine critique and the women that do it and program it um and i'm also a big fan of the ggtmc
0: very nice uh, now I'm assuming most of our listeners know you and probably found us that way but in case they don't uh, just give us a little quick rundown Who is was this GG TMC you speak of
3: oh man um, I mean, what does it stand for? I don't know. It stands for the. <laughs> it stands for the gentlemen's guide to midnight cinema. We've been doing it for four years, going on four years now, and going on five years. Oh, going on five years. Yeah, oh, we've. Wow. Really? We've, <laughs> we've made a lot of great friends over those five years, uh, you two included, and we have had a lot of fun. And we cover movies that range from absolute garbage to absolute ecstasy.
2: Everything from Matei to Powell Pressburger. Yes.
0: And sometimes the ecstasy is in the garbage.
3: Yeah. Yes, quite readily and quite often, the ecstasy is in the garbage. If you ask us, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: to fun, in those. fun. Fun fact about um, Emily and I: we kind of met because of the GGTMC Oh, no way, yeah, it's very true. it really? is. Is
3: that true? Completely.
1: Um, GGTMC and OTC.
3: Oh, very amazing. cool, nice.
1: Uh, yeah, just from from the old forums back on the yeah. um, Pop Syndicate days.
0: Yeah, we were both posting, and I remember being like.
1: There's a girl named Christine and she lives in New York. Maybe
0: we should meet one day. And then one day, Christine emailed me. She was like, hey, so it's kind of weird, but I was wondering if you wanted to meet up one day. And I did. And we fell in love. We nice. totally did. Nice. And so you know, I think I walked past the restaurant that we first had dinner in the other day. Oh yeah. It was like so somewhere on the east side. Yeah.
1: It's because of it's because of you guys that we we met, you know? Mm-hmm. If we hadn't been listening to podcasts, we never would have found each other and we We're never would have been. About cross-pollination. This, exactly. This
0: was the, the germation of it, if you will. Right. So thanks it's, to you guys for being
1: you guys.
3: It's kinda of similar to how we met, right? Well I and mean, that is through we another podcast on the boards,
1: Yeah. of yeah.
2: bronson and samurai films and yeah. horses and
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, and
0: squirreling and all squirrely, that good stuff yeah, squirreling <laughs> red buttons <laughs> and uh, in case uh, you listeners don't don't understand what squirreling is if you're not on the up and up uh, we recorded and uh, now our episode sort of i guess you can almost call it 3.5 uh, we covered a movie along on the gentleman's guide to midnight cinema so if you check their feed you will see their episode number 200. No, what, what number would it be?
3: Yeah, 212.
0: 696.
3: 212.
0: Yes. <laughs> 212. Episode 212. Um, <laughs> we picked a film to cover with them, and that movie was a little movie called They Shoot Horses, don't they?
3: Don't they? <laughs> don't they?
0: Uh, so if you want to hear our coverage of that alongside them, please go to their feed and listen. Nice. If you haven't already, which we assume you have.
3: <laughs> uh, maybe not. Maybe not. That, that's what we're hoping. We're hoping that you know some of your listeners come to us and most of our listeners mm-hmm. will go to you guys, so.
0: We yes. like that. Uh, so in following our format that we stole from you guys, the first thing, well, first out, well, let me say what we're going to be covering later in the show is a movie handpicked by William, I believe, right? Yes.
2: In, in agreement from Sammy, certainly, but yeah, I, I really was jumping at the bit for you guys to talk on it.
0: All right. so And that movie is?
2: Dark of the Sun, 1968. <laughs> Jack Cardiff, one of the famous DOPs of all time, uh, but he did step into the director's chair on a number of occasions, this being one of them. It is um, one of the most masculine films of all time. Uh, Rod, <laughs> Rod Taylor and Jim Brown uh, headline this uh, adventure film.
3: Should yeah. be, so
0: it, should we're going to get to that.
3: It should be stated it also gets- that that's also known as The Mercenaries in case people can't find it. Yes,
2: and in, in, uh, I think in Europe it known as The Mercenaries. Yeah,
3: so
0: Nice. So we'll get to that before we do that. The, like I said, the format we stole from you guys. Um, the last couple films we saw. Now, to hear the last couple films that Christine watched and that Sammy watched, you go back in time to episode 212 of <laughs> The Gentleman's Guide to Ah, uh, But for the two that were left would be Mil- me, Milliam, <laughs> me, uh, me and William, me and William. William, last couple films you saw. Can you uh, can you tell us?
2: Yes, yeah, certainly. I'll make it quick. Uh, my son chose uh, we do like a movie night where I'll make dinner and then we lay out like a like a blanket and we oh. eat in the basement and they'll pick one and then I'll pick one that's, of course, age appropriate. But my youngest <laughs> son, uh, when I asked him what he wanted to watch, he said Jackie Chan. Now they saw Police Story 1 a few weeks ago. So we decided to do Police Story 2. Went over quite well, uh, which I'm glad that I'm getting my kids into world cinema at a young age. Um, yeah, it's
4: awesome.
2: You know, there's still some gunplay and stuff, but these films are reasonably tame. I mean, they'd probably be PG for the most part. There's not a whole lot of brutality. Um, So it went over well. Uh, I'd, of course, seen it before, and I'm a fan. Uh, Then I decided to rewatch something on Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray Last Black Friday I'd seen it once when I was about 12, but I was kind of drifting in and out of consciousness, and I certainly wouldn't have appreciated it as I do now, and that's John Ford's The Searchers.
0: Oh, I still haven't seen that.
2: Oh my god, the Blu-ray is so fucking beautiful.
0: <laughs> it shows up on TCM a lot, and I've recorded it about three times and always just let it delete eventually because I just have never decided to watch it's, it. it. It's,
2: it's tremendous. It's, it's a tremendous, tremendous film. It was kind of inspired by the fact that I'd watched Lawrence of Arabia for the first time about a month ago, and I'd okay. known that Lean was really heavily Influenced by some of the vistas and, mm-hmm. and the themes and stuff in the Searchers, it it definitely is one of the greatest uh, films I think of all time. Um, it's it's really really fantastic stuff. Uh, Natalie Wood is beautiful as ever, and you know, Wayne maybe one of Wayne's best films. Uh, hmm. oh, definitely one of Wayne's best films. So yeah, definitely worth a watch for everyone. Uh, then I rewatched Looper. My wife hadn't seen it, and I figured I'd rewatch it because I'm doing starting my year end cram. Uh, is that
0: on DVD yet?
2: No, it's not. As a matter of fact,
0: uh, well, I've watched a Good job there, in <laughs> you know. There,
2: there's a dollar theater uh, right yeah. beside our house, and we went. Mm, yeah, nice, ish, and um, <laughs> you know, it uh, it it wasn't quite as good the second time around, but it still is a very good film. And Ryan Johnson, I think, is, is a you know definitely a very good filmmaker. He's so.
1: my favorite working filmmaker. Yeah,
2: he's he's a good one. There's yeah. no question about that. And I for love him, him. for me to. Quite like Bruce Willis in a film is a testament to Johnson.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> so you know I'm a big Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan.
1: Um, oh, see, I'm the opposite. I hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What? So I'm like him Christ. and him, I hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. This huh? girl does knife fight, <laughs> sister. Knife <laughs> fight.
0: Can we tie our hands together? I think yes. we have. I don't find him attractive. He's not my type. But I just okay. think he's so low, like he's so good and so he's, young and has yeah. made really interesting choices I agree. for someone.
1: Could have gone a very different route. You I can't f- see my face, but I'm making a face. I'm,
3: I find both of them attractive, so fuck you all. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Or I, fuck
4: I, them all. No, all. The, the,
3: the yeah. uh, I'm a bigger fan of Willis than Will is, but uh, I, I like. Uh, <laughs> well, you you said earlier that it's a testament to Johnson that I like Willis. I'm like, what are you talking? What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> what you talking about Willis?
3: I was kind of reading something when you said that. I'm like, wait a minute, was there a joke there? I missed it. I missed it. I heard Johnson. I heard Willis. I don't know what was going on. I'm looking forward uh, to checking that one out, though.
2: It's a good one, man. It's it, especially the budget. I think it was like 30 million. It's like wow. It goes to show the waste that goes on in Hollywood. With you know, it just oh, yeah. it, it really is a great film, and I really look forward to everything Johnson does. So, um, then I decided to watch when I bought a big lots last year uh, in Cincy, and that was Cabaret. Um, nice. I'm doing my year-end cram for, like, um, right now for films I've seen for the first time in 2012. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching kind of watch a lot of important stuff. Um, it was a drop-off for me after all that jazz and Star 80. Okay. Um, but I was in a bad mood that night, and I was unpacking oh. some stuff from my mom's house. Um, you know, just going through some old boxes and stuff. Uh, it still is quite good. Manelli's great in it. Um, Michael, I think we talked about this a little bit, me and Makepeace. Michael York is... A little bit of a dullard for me. Um, yeah. Despite loving Logan's... Well, there you go. You want to stick it in Levitt's ear? I'll give it right back. To
1: okay, you. go yeah, ahead. Go us. ahead. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I can dish it out and I can take it. So you can.
2: Ahead. You can. But no, I think York is good in this. He, he does have a humanity in this that I don't think you can teach. He's He's of vulnerability and a humanity and Manelli's great in it too it's
0: It's kind of the same thing as um, when we talked about they shoot horses don't they Sarazin it's kind of the same thing yes yes where it's the dullest role in a movie filled with bigger personalities and better Mm -hmm. parts but so you still have but you still have to have that like you said the humanity and I, I think he has it in Cabaret
2: yeah he definitely does um, then we watched uh, a film on Netflix, Instant. I, again, trying to expose my kids to world film. I can't really do subtitles yet, but at least if they're watching foreign stuff, they can see a bit of a different aesthetic and mm-hmm. you know, some different ideas. So we watched an animated film, <clears throat> as I clear my throat on air, called A Cat in Paris. I was, oh, a yeah.
0: big, I was an Oscar nominee, I think, last year.
2: Uh, it might very may, they, well they? May, <laughs> boy, they, it <laughs> may very well have been. It's uh, It's a good little animated film. It almost looks like a... And, like, Picasso, in a way, some of the, the, the angles and mm-hmm. and stuff. It's about a cat burglar and a cat, of course, in Paris and a young mute girl and stuff. It's, it's pretty good. Um, you know, we enjoyed it. They all did. Um, then I watched For a Good Time Call, and I was totally tricked by this trailer. I thought it was going to be really raunchy and fun, and it was really... Um, just a really weep—not weepy, but a really emotional chick flick in a lot of ways. Dressed up as a really raunchy comedy. Um, didn't really like it. I thought the Kevin Smith cameo was embarrassing.
3: Oh,
1: who is in this movie? What is um, this movie?
2: It's about it's the this girl. She was in uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Place. She's um.
1: Cat Dennings. Cat Ka- Dennings.
2: No, I no. I wish it was Kat Dennings. It's a
3: oh. uh, Ari Ari, Ari, Ari something or
2: Ari something. I should look it up. Anyway, it's about two friends who – it becomes sort of a situational thing where they're both in New York. They want that fab apartment. The only way they can keep it is to open a sex line.
1: Oh, okay. I have heard of this one.
2: Yeah, so the main girl, which we, which Sammy just mentioned, Ari. Try,
1: oh, Justin Long's in it. How Ari, awful is he in it?
2: He's pretty bad. He plays like a, a, a gay, um, the gay friend who brings oh, these man. two girls together. Justin
3: Long and Kevin Smith in a movie immediately means yeah, to me avoid.
0: And Nia <laughs> Nia Vardalis. Oh, she looks um, she looks,
2: she looks fantastic in the film though.
3: I always thought she looked fantastic anyway. But hey, that's yeah. She did that like
0: crazy Hollywood diet thing.
3: Yeah, no, she did. She looks great. She's rocking the glasses in this. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh
0: and, and Mimi Rogers. Oh yeah. One of Sammy's favorites. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Ari Grainer is her name. She was in a lot of stuff. Youth and Revolt, Whippet. She's in all kinds of stuff.
2: She's she's really good in it. Um, I like her, but the, I did not like the film. It's just not for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um then finally, um we watched a Blu-ray again. I wanted to watch my kids to watch something older. I had a Blu-ray of the Geisha Boy, the Jerry Lewis film from 1958. Um, and we watched it a couple of nights ago, Friday night, and surprisingly, both my kids watched it and they enjoyed it. It's you know it's a Frank Tashlin, Jerry Lewis production, so it's really colorful, and you know it's about a boy and a man and, and the fatherly relationship he has with them. And because of that, my son was into it because there's a boy in it. Um, mm. It's a sweet film. It's a bit kind of scatter shot, um, but Japan looks beautiful and the cinematography is great. So you know, so it works.
4: Nice, oh, cool. nice.
0: Is there anything else?
2: Uh, no, other than of course. They shoot horses.
0: Indeed. Don't they? Don't they? <laughs> don't they? <laughs> Ari, Gra-
3: Ari um, Grainer? Grainer? Yeah. <laughs> Ari Grainer? <laughs> Ari Grainer? <laughs> Ari
0: Grainer? <laughs> uh <laughs> For a good time call. Now I'm just going to be adding a question mark to the end of every movie. So movies I watched I uh, in the last week or so include "To Die For," uh, <laughs> the Gus Van Sant Nicole Kidman joint Ooh. from '94. Shot in
2: my hometown, Port Hope, Ontario. <laughs> Represent
0: feels very Canadian. Not just maybe just because it has David Cronenberg in it. Yeah. <laughs> Any movie that David Cronenberg pops up in, I know is Canadian because I think he doesn't cross the border anymore. He's like um. To Canada. Yeah, to, to die for. I, I mean, I had heard a lot about it. I remember when it came out; it was a pretty big, uh, not a big hit, but a big, big talk uh, as far as a lot of things go, and definitely the movie that put a Kidman on the map. And she is great in it. And it's kind of sad because you watch her and you're like, "Oh, I wish Nicole Kidman could still do those things with her face." Yeah,
4: because
0: um, yeah. she is she's wonderful in it. Uh, what's her name? Ileana Douglas is great in a, the the typical Ileana Douglas supporting role. <laughs> yeah, but the movie, I don't know it. It was fine, but it felt kind of outdated just in that it feels so obvious now. Yeah. Because the whole thing is, you know, she's uh, this young newswoman who wants to be famous. So she's so driven that she, you know, gets somebody to kill her husband. And it just feels like, well, yeah, obviously, that there's nothing surprising about it, which might be sad and kind of just a testament to society today. Mm -hmm. But it just it didn't surprise me in any way. Um, But it was perfectly serviceable as a little watch. Um, a film that has a terrible reputation, uh, the movie starring Sylvester Stallone and Marissa Tomei and many others, would be 1992's or so Oscar. Oh. <laughs> Anybody, have you guys seen it?
3: <laughs> I actually like Oscar. I'm a fan of Oscar.
0: Good. I did too. I haven't seen it. <laughs> it, it. It was one of those movies my boyfriend was always pushing on me. He's like, oh, we should watch Oscar. And I just kind of kept laughing because I'm like... Oh, didn't I remember when it came out and I remember it just being mocked and panned and got <laughs> no. Razzie nominations. But it's <laughs> it's just a farce. It's uh, yeah. you know, a, th- a set in the 30s and it's just a gangsters but it's just a one-day mistaken identities and
1: Oh, I have it's, seen it's, that. It's, okay. Like what, what are you that? talking it's about? Yeah, I've <laughs> seen that. He's in it and he's great. Yeah. Like you oh. got all of Tim Curry.
2: Oh, I love Tim Curry.
1: He's
0: so good at it. He has a very small part, but he's hilarious in it. The entire cast, save for one actress who is just terrible, and I guess she must have been like John Landis' girlfriend or something because she just completely drags her scenes down. But, I mean, the whole cast is on. Everybody's in on the joke, it's played very straight lace. Sylvester Stallone is fun in it. Like, yeah. he knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. And it was just a really surprising good time. And I don't know why it's so maligned. Yeah.
1: So. Is, is it on instant watch or no? Uh, I have no idea. We okay. watched- I didn't know if that's where you saw it because I I would like to rewatch it because I don't have a very good memory of it. So if you're, yeah. if you're, you and um, Sammy are saying such nice things, I should take a look at it. I mean, I think if you go into it
0: knowing that you're just kind of watching a very yeah. goofy, uh, you know, a modern farce, it should be fine because that's exactly. Exactly what it is. Um, I watched a movie that was kind of disappointing to me because it had been on my like long term radar for a while, and I got really excited when I saw it on DVD a while back. And it was Bob, the Bob Balaban directed Parents.
3: Oh yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, it, I wanted to like this movie so much. It's kind of a satire. It's a horror movie, but it's more a comedy set in the fifties, very kind of candy colored. And I just found it really boring, and I was very disappointed with that. Oh man, that is. Okay.
3: Let me. Uh, yeah. Can I add something to Oscar? It's one of the few movies I can, that I know of that Joey Travolta is actually pretty good in.
0: Oh, I forgot uh, he was. I forgot to figure out who he was oh, in it. Well, if, you, if you Trilbert. look close,
3: if you look close, you'll you be able to tell who the Travolta is. Uh,
0: <laughs> you, just look for the chin, probably.
3: Yeah, they all have a similar look. I was I was just looking at the cast of that movie though, because you took me back That's when great you mentioned. Cast. it's insane. It's insane how many yeah. people are in there. Kirk Douglas is in there. Yvonne That's DiCarlo. right,
0: in the, in the very first scene.
3: Yeah, Peter Rieger, Chaz Palminteri. I mean, Jesus, mm-hmm. Vincent wow. Spano, Kurtwood Smith.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> Vincent Spano has like as the you know like any farce always has like the young lovers and he's you know the young lover in it. So yeah. he has like a really meaty role and it. I miss Vincent Spano. I I, I had a crush on him back in the day.
3: I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I, should, I said yeah right there, but I did not.
0: So. <laughs> oh sure you. No, you were more of a Chaz Palminteri fan. Yeah, I'm right a here. Chaz Palminteri. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's highly recommended. I think it will be a pleasant surprise to anybody today watching it. Uh, and it's I mean it's directed by John Landis who has had his ups and downs but does know how to make a good comedy mm. and you know so that's that. Um I watched a very manly movie, uh The Hunt for Red October.
3: Oh yeah, mm. never seen it. Oh. No. You know,
1: <laughs> Emily, have had you seen it before or no? No, I'd never seen it before. Oh god. It I've used to be, it used to be one of my fav, favorite movies when I was little. Um <laughs> know, That I was like one of my like Harry Van Ross myself. Seriously, one of my favorite movies. I watched it all the time, and nice. and then I just recently Bombie, like, rewatched it, and it so didn't hold up. I was like, yeah. this is not as good as I remember. <laughs> not as good as when I was six. Ten <laughs> year old me loved this movie, but
3: that's so bizarre. Yeah, that is kind of weird. That's cool though. <laughs> not only that, you know, it's weird that a six year old girl loved the hunt for Red October, but. It was
1: such a good movie. I loved it.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, I watch, the, I still think the second Ewok movie is great, but that's because I used to watch that <laughs> a lot as a kid. So, hey, that happens. Um, that, I, that happens. I, I though. like this one.
3: I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was just okay. saying that, that happens, though. You watch movies a lot when you're a kid and you think they're great, and then you go back and see them when you're an adult, and they just, oh, oh
1: yeah. You know, and like, in some oh, cases, a- I really, I really thought like it's not like I used to watch. Oh, I used to watch Labyrinth all the time as a kid, and then I watched it as an adult, and it didn't hold up. It was The Hunt for Red October. I thought it would it would <laughs> all work days. better as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No. I, no,
0: I, I see some of the plot holes so much clearer exactly. in my in my thirty years. <laughs> this doesn't
1: really make much
0: sense anymore, <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, it's that's the weird thing. Is this is like. I was watching the movie, but I was getting lost. I'm like, I'm, I don't really know what's going on at times. Because, in fairness to it, it doesn't talk down to you. It doesn't. It throws you in there and expects you to really figure it out. And in, in part of it, it might be that um, I don't, I would don't remember the Cold War so well, and so that aspect of it, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily. I don't really remember how hard things were with Russia and everything. So some of it falls a little bit flat for me because I don't get that kind of cultural weight. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed this one a lot. I found right when it had me, it kind of lost me because the movie, it's not an action movie. This is a thriller that is all that where you have, you know, the two bad the not bad guys, but the two sides are in different submarines for the entire film. They're hundreds of miles away from each other underwater. So it's a very, you no, know, literally cold film. And it, right as it got, right as I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm in this movie," all of a sudden there's Alec Baldwin running around with a gun. Whoa! <laughs> and that just took me out of it so much because it kind of they it's like they felt like they had to throw in this one beat of action movie yeah. in a movie that was would you know was blatantly not that kind of movie. So that bothered me a bit, but overall I, I liked it. Not, I mean, I I don't think I would have liked it when I was six. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm like, just more I'm just more cultured than you clearly. <laughs> well, no, apparently you were a kid but not so much anymore. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. It slipped as a in, in adulthood. Isn't that like
2: a TBS fixture? Come for Red October?
0: Probably.
1: It it was, when was long. when I was younger, that's how I kept seeing it. It was constantly on like some cable or some channel. And Sam Neill's in that, right? Oh, he's great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's when I fell in love with Sam Neill. 6-year-old me fell in love with Sam Neill in could that see movie. That. Amazing. <laughs> I, could, I could understand that sentiment. I mean, it hasn't great passed. It
0: past, all makes
1: sense now when you go back to Hunt for an October.
0: And, and I like how they, they don't bother giving anybody a Russian accent. The, <laughs> like, they open the film with Sean Connery speaking Russian, which is hilarious. Yeah. And then they just, they're like, you know what? We're not doing this. They're British. Just go with it. But yeah. they're really Russian. Yeah, And you're like, all right, I'll, I'll go with it. Um, I have two more. I'll throw out there. One was in uh, for the holiday season. I watched. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater when I was like nine, and that was Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I is mean, it? it's,
2: I've been thinking it's, about dropping it on the boys.
0: You know, honestly, I think it is a movie that kid, that's a good kids movie because it's not mean. And what I remember about the Ernest films, and I I might be misremembering it, was I remembered there being a lot of toilet humor and things like that. Yeah. And there's not. And this movie, it's it's actually very sweet. Oh, uh, you know, you have uh, like one or two characters that like you have the the plucky orphan girl who doesn't belong in the movie and who's terrible. <laughs> but you also just have Jim Varney doing his thing. And I mean, he's great. You, you can say Ernest is annoying, but the man was a great physical comedian. And I, I think it's a good movie for kids. And it's not it has a good heart at the center of it. Uh, so I, I recommend it for for the younger audience out there.
4: Nice. Um,
0: and then last, uh, going back to very very long time ago, I watched 1945's Dead of Night.
2: Oh, oh.
0: Any of you seen it? No, uh,
2: <laughs> no. I, th- I think I
3: have. Which? Who's, it's an is, anthology. Uh, oh, I have not seen it. Definitely. Might be then. one
0: of the first anthologies. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, you would remember it but very it was easily. It. Stars, uh, Mike. Well, in one of the segments, Michael Redgrave and a fucking ventriloquist dummy. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. I don't. Thing is, I, I didn't know watch, watching this movie. I knew it was an old anthology that I think it's a, it's one of like Scorsese always talks about it when he makes like his list of underrated movies. <laughs> so for that reason, I was really looking forward to it because I mean, he also has said like um, The Innocents and a couple of other like he's a man I, I trust his recommendation when it comes yeah. to films. Um, so I, I pop in Dead of Night. And I'm enjoying it and there's a couple stories and everybody's got great hats and they talk fast (laughs) in the 40s and everybody's smoking the entire time. I'm like, I'm there. And all of a sudden there's a fucking ventriloquist dummy and I was not happy about that. Mm. They should put that on the box. They should put a warning. They really should. It's like it should be like epileptic. a little sticker. <laughs> yeah, it is. If you're an epileptic, you should not watch this movie because, you know, it might cause seizures. If you are a normal human being, don't watch this movie because it has a fucking ventriloquist dummy <laughs> in it that's going to give you sight like You're him. a
2: normal human <laughs> being. <laughs> oh, and his name is Hugo,
0: and he talks like this with a really <laughs> high voice, and it's awful, and and I didn't like it in the end. I mean, I liked the movie. It It got me. Uh, it's I've seen almost nothing from the 40s. It's a huge blind spot on my radar, so it was nice to see something from that era. And it has a very distinctive style that I, that feels very 40s. It doesn't feel like something that came five years after it. But um, be strong, because a ventriloquist dummy is there, and he will try to kill you.
2: <laughs> I hope one of these years, someone's inspired enough for Kringle to send you. <laughs> to
1: <go laughs> Emily, to dummy. I'm going to get you a dummy this year. I I used to,
3: here. When I was a kid, I had a W.C. Fields one. With a little straw, with a little straw hat and everything.
1: So creepy. We
0: had the um, Billy Baloney doll from Pee Wee's Playoffs.
3: Billy Baloney? Oh, nice.
0: (laughs) And, like, my mom still keeps this thing on top of the refrigerator at home. And every once in a while, like, (laughs) she'll just take it out and make it talk to me. And I'm (laughs) not happy with that. I'm really not. So
3: it's coming clear now. We're starting to see a little bit of the psyche where it's coming from.
0: (laughs) Well, but it's not even like a sight. Like, I mean, I think, seriously, everybody should be afraid of these things. If you're not afraid of these things, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not particularly
3: afraid of them. The weird part oh. about the the weird part about the W.C. Fields one is he had about a three inch long nose with a red tip on it, and that's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> they shoot this, <horses>, don't they?
3: <laughs> so that's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> okay, well that's all I got for movies. Uh, I guess we will. If any no, and um, nobody has anything else to add, no. we're good. Moving no, we're good. on, we're good. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break as uh, supplied by the fine editors at the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. And we're going <laughs> to come talk.
1: God knows we can't do it.
0: I'm, 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 I have plans. I'm going to put something in our breaks maybe next time. Yeah. But in the meantime, nice. listen to their, uh, their dulcet sounds as we take a break and come back with Dark Side of the, dark of the Sun. Dark Side of the Sun, which I keep wanting down. it. All right. <laughs>
4: Ahoy, mateys. This is K-A-B, Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The smooth sound. Mm-hmm. Fabulous.
3: We were back from break. So there you go. Uh,
0: (laughs) Does anybody else really want to stop the show and do aerobics right now? (laughs) Me. I have my headband on. Oh, man, let's do it. That that music got me pumped. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm pumped that's a uh,
3: little Laura Branigan from the Body Rock soundtrack.
0: Nice. Like, nice. first I was thinking, I think I want to have sex with Alyssa because I, I'm i used to listening to promos in double speed because that's how I listen to my my uh, my podcasts. And so it's when
1: I listen to it, like, in real time, I'm like, wow, Alyssa has such a sexy voice. Well, people used to ask me if that was me. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's Alyssa from the Big Vid- no, Red podcast. Her, yeah, no, I can't. I didn't. I I wrote the copy on that, but I did not say those words. Yeah. That is an excellent promo. It
3: might be my favorite promo. Yeah, oh, I love well, it so thank much. Thank you. you
1: the, the credit goes to Dylan. He's the one that so, cut it together.
3: Yeah, and also, uh, you know, just to tie it all together, Alyssa is the voice of the GGTMc. So mm-hmm. there you go.
1: I
0: want some sexy vocal cords, I tell you. Yeah. Hope I'm not making her uncomfortable. I know she's a mother, but... No, no, she knows her vocal cords are sexy. I, I hope so. I hope she does. <laughs> um, so now we are going to talk about a little movie called Dark, Not Side, of the Sun. <laughs> yes, Dark of the Sun. Four words. Wait. Four words. Dark,
2: dark of the Sun? <laughs> Is
0: it the park of the sun? Don't we? <laughs> uh, no, I. Who would like to uh, go and uh, take the cue on this movie? Uh,
3: well, I think it's going to have to be, since one of us, since we chose it, it's got to be one of you guys. Um, All right, Chris. So you know, do you guys want me to synopsize? I- do you synopsize anything or do you guys just do it off well, the cuff? We, we
1: just give a. I don't know. Yeah, We're we first. have we have a weird thing that we do. I can your do it. don't talk about that on air. I- yeah.
3: Do your weird thing. That's what we're here for. I can for it.
1: read the IMDb synopsis, and it'll kind of be like no. both of our shows are melding together.
3: <laughs> Do your weird thing. We're here. We're just visitors here.
1: All right. Well, the IMDb thing. He says a band of mercenaries led by Captain Curry travel through the Congo across deadly terrain, battling rival armies to rescue twenty-five million dollars in uncut diamonds.
3: <laughs> to rescue twenty-five million dollars in diamonds.
1: <laughs> it needs to be rescued. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and Will Will said that he picked this, but I kind of screamed at him via Facebook that Rod Taylor was in it, so we kind of had to do this one. <laughs> yes. So um, it, it, I guess it's partially my doing as well. Um,
2: yeah, Behind <laughs> the scenes, I, I left it in your hands. We were either going to do Johnny Toe's Sparrow or we were going to do this, and you went, Rod Taylor. Well, you didn't say it in that kind of place. <laughs> no, she, she, of did. she did. Trust voice. me, she did. <laughs> I
1: did. I'm glad that that translated. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs>
0: So uh, now I don't think I've ever. S- I might never have seen another Rod Taylor movie. Me
3: neither. Not the time really? machine. Really oh,
0: good. Okay, I, I thought I was like going to get shot at as nope, soon as I me neither. That. You guys that have
3: never seen the time machine? No. Nope. No. No. Wow. Amazing.
1: So I yeah. assume you both meant you would seen the birds, right? Oh wait, he's no. in-
0: okay.
3: Then I
1: stand okay. corrected. Okay. I've seen two so
0: Rod Taylor. <laughs> <seen laughs> i that, and I've seen 101 Dalmatians. And you've seen oh, yes,
3: Pongo, Pongo. <laughs> that's right. And you've see? seen he's an inglorious <laughs> bastard as well.
0: I have a I've seen four Rod
3: Taylor films.
1: Look, they just soon will be like I've seen twelve.
2: It's like one of those those little pe- pellets you put in the water and it grows into something big. It's, oh, I
1: actually yeah. directed him in a film, didn't
2: I? Yeah, I made love to him on the casting couch. Ooh, whoa, hey.
1: Now, now, see, I could take the lead on this, but I'm not going to do a good job because I have feelings about this movie that I don't think are indicative to me taking the lead. So, if Emily would like to, that might work out a little bit better. Also, I don't have notes.
0: Okay, I am so intrigued to know what these feelings are. Ooh, uh,
1: so, I have so many feelings about this, it's kind of gross. Okay, which body part are they
0: coming from, Christine? <laughs> My mind. Okay. <laughs> Everybody calls it something different. All right. <laughs> all right, so uh, this, um, all right, I'll 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 go with it. So we've got Rod Taylor playing Curry, who is a mercenary, uh, and he's flying to the Congo, where in the 60s, apparently your passport included a family photo. I
2: <laughs> catch <laughs> <laughs> that? Yeah. And
0: it's like he shows like he's doing like going through customs and he shows his passport and it's like him and like three kids and a wife. And he's like, no, I'm this one. That's me. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) Um, And we kind of learn quickly that uh, he's a mercenary. He's, you know, hired to do many things. He wears his little beret and he's, I guess, a a former war hero or whatnot. He works with um, his second in command is Rufo, played by a young Jim Brown. And their mission, uh, as assigned to them by the current president of the Congo, I think. Is to go and uh, buy a train, take a couple of Nazis with them and save and <laughs> rescue a uh, bunch of diamonds and people. Because like there are a bunch one, of Europeans.
2: One, one Nazi, I believe, mean, <laughs> no? It's one Nazi. I don't want to Nazi and, it up too much true. here. No,
0: this, yeah, I this not just more the Naziism.
2: And then that.
1: there's that really sweet um, man, the handsome man, whose oh, name I can't remember. The, what he was he? a,
2: he's a Frenchman. You know, that guy died really young. He was about 34, or 35. He reminds me of like, um, to paint a picture, he reminds me of like a French Ray Lovelock.
1: I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I really
0: liked him. Yeah. He has quite an interesting fate in this movie that we'll get to. Oh yeah. Oh god. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a GGTMC film to the hills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <so they, laughs> nice choice of work. <laughs> well. Oh. Oh, uh, so they all head down to um this part of Africa where they're trying to get there before this, I guess it's a revolution of the Simbas who are going to come and attack a bunch of Europeans. So they get there uh, once they arrived after picking up um, a token blonde widow. Yvette Mimier. Yvette Mimier who is widowed on that day. She's like hanging out there and she runs to them. She's like, they killed my husband. And so she yeah. then, you know, tribes with them. It takes about six hours for her to fall in love with Rod Taylor.
3: <laughs> well. Which that's I
0: mean. when realism of this film kicks in. That's it's the thing. It's, it's about five hours more than the norm. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, there's a bit of a fantasy element to the movie, if you will.
2: <laughs> I, I do want to say, in all seriousness, I, I'm glad that they don't pull the movie sideways and turn it into like the Mimia taylor love story.
1: Like right, I, I think oh, there's, there's it's like it's a
2: love story. Yeah, it's <laughs> a love story. It's a love story. let's talk
1: about how it's a love story.
0: But
2: it's a yeah, it's our kind of love story.
0: because <laughs> yes. well, like, at one point I realized like you know he's kind of protecting her. And then when he has to go, he like kisses her goodbye, and I was like, "Oh, that's a
1: thing now." Like they are a you're couple like oh, I, I they have it. no chemistry, but who does he have chemistry with? <laughs> hmm. Right,
0: and there's like they have this great line where he says to her like, "I'll be back before you know it," and she says, "I'll know it," like, and that's kind of the "I love you, I know" yeah, moment. Yeah, this that- home, I guess. <laughs> Um, so, oh, by the way, it's, I think I clocked it at like nine minutes in before Taylor is sweating through his clothing.
2: <laughs> nine minutes, you're being you're being generous. I, think I might he steps up yeah. the plane, the shirts already soaked, and everyone's <laughs> I sweating. in this one.
0: Everybody is.
2: Khaki Daisy
3: Dukes. I mean, shirts. Open. Yeah.
0: Jim oh. Brown's butt just sticking out in those tight pants.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Big socks. Um, so Big brown we, socks. Big brown, large brown socks. <laughs> and and
0: socks. I thought those were socks, but that was actually Rod Taylor's leg hair.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and also the amazing thing. Let me mention, I I love the, I always love the safari hat with the pinned up half side. Yeah. I, and brown, rocks brown, brown rocks. Brown rocks. It's hardcore in this, man. You can't There's get away with movie. that anywhere except Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Jamaica, that. where the movie was filmed. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe there. <laughs> Either way, I know there was no AC. I can tell you that. There was no AC oh, in anywhere no in this way. fucking film. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, apparently they filmed in Jamaica, the internet told me, because they needed um, a steam train, and that was the yeah. easiest place to get one, And because you have a lot of train stuff happening. So they they get to this small town where they retrieve the diamonds, but they have to kind of kill time. They have three hours before this vault opens up and they can get the diamonds, and they know the clock is ticking, because there's also this band of very violent uh, tribal revolutionaries coming to, to have some fun with them. And I mean that. They're going to have fun. Um, so... Along the way, of there's course, also... Of course,
2: fun being a one-sided term.
0: Well, definition. most likely. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. We don't want to speak for all of the, uh, you know, European kidnappees. But yeah, we'll assume it's a one-sided fun. <laughs> so also, there is a doctor character, uh, Dr. Reed, I believe the character's name, who yep. is a raging alcoholic in a in a kind of adorable way for a while until it yep. gets serious. <laughs> And so he's he uh, has the choice to go help a tribal woman deliver a baby. And he is a one of those... I mean, that's the thing about this movie is it's all... Uh, all the American or European characters have... You don't quite get all their backstory, but you have um you know the nazi who clearly can't be a nazi anymore so he's working in africa and you have this doctor who is an alcoholic and you you don't know how much of a doctor he ever was but you know you can be you can be drunk 24 hours a day and still get work in africa in the 60s i guess so that's a really interesting aspect that isn't overly hammered down at you which i think is kind of kind (laughs) of works you don't get or you don't get a long sob story on um even rod taylor you you don't quite know, ever, or maybe I missed it. Um, I didn't, right? They didn't no, really go into what he's doing there.
2: No, I think you're right. And I think this film, this is very much an old school adventure film. And I think it doesn't, it's it's not it's not trying to be like an intellectually stimulating film. It's very much an adventure film. But I think they flesh things out enough. And they make commentary enough with um, with the, the way they do flesh things out. That they are, it, Cardiff, et cetera, was saying certain things about, um western notions of of employment there and and you know who's culpable and so forth without ha- like you said without hammering you over the head with it
4: Are
3: right you, let me let me and add you have
1: the,
3: oh yeah let me add real quick that doctor character was actually in a film you guys covered recently he was in the collector
1: i, I wanted to interject <laughs> that but i, I didn't want to cut right, who, was in he, who was he The collector he would have been the only other guy in the collector <laughs> yeah the neighbor well,
3: I, I think he was in the bank he, scene i think
1: yeah he's not the neighbor
3: i think he's in the bank maybe working
0: okay Okay.
1: he's in on imdb it says uncredited but i definitely remember him in there
3: but the uh other thing i want to say about that doctor scene is one of my favorite scenes in this movie is rod taylor taking the whiskey to the doctor
1: when when he when the recruitment scene they just (laughs) laugh uncomfortably back and forth for 25 (laughs) minutes
3: it's amazing (laughs) it's like a home film that's
1: that's the one note i made on this film like oh my fucking god that scene
3: it, it, it's it's similar to me and will at whore Hound when we get j and b flowing we're like yeah 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 yeah
4: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah
3: sweat's open the
2: chest hair is flowing and there's
0: also i can't remember if this is the same scene or not where it keeps getting it's shot from this really weird angle where it's essentially shot from from the, the point of view of taylor's legs so yeah. all you see is his three legs yeah, yeah, sitting on the desk
3: <laughs> so sexual
0: I mean, if you find Harry like sexy, then yeah, oh yeah,
3: yeah, that's your money shot. <laughs> so <Cassine
0: does>.
1: what? <laughs> that's Why your man's always in cargo in shorts. shorts? That's true. true. Cargo shorts coming back up. <laughs>
3: nice.
0: Uh, so you, you know, essentially that's uh, the the bulk of the movie. With that, and we can get into details of spoilers. It's it's not an overly spoil. There's one
2: big thing so- I don't want to spoil, though.
0: Okay, okay, I can. Oh, oh I know. Yeah, that's a big one. We shouldn't spoil that.
3: No, I think we all know what that spoiler is. So yeah,
0: um, does it uh, involve my, one of my my other favorite lines, which is "Get the box in my caboose, in my caboose."
2: <laughs> I probably I believe so. It's uh, it's a bit knifey, don't they?
0: Don't they? <laughs> oh, don't they? Indeed. And that that knifey moment is a oh. it's, it's it is it, it is a spoiler because it shocked me when it happened. Yes, I was. Into this movie, in and it's it's because it has such an odd tone. Like you said, it's very adventure-y, yeah. but there is a lot of darkness to it, and you have yeah. this, you know, 10-minute kind of uh, violence and rape orgy that where you don't actually see any rape, in fairness. Um, you have, like, a lot of really brutal things happening, Oof. but it's also, you know, following that, you have Rod Taylor, like – driving and, and laughing and smiling and trying to get his, the guy driving him drunk. He just keeps trying to push whiskey on him. <laughs>
4: yeah. so you yeah. have
0: this, this very odd mix of tones, and I don't know how much of it is just that it plays that way now when you watch it. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, last thing I have to say is that um, did anybody else think the Nazi kind of looked like what would happen if Ron Perlman had a baby with Will Ferrell? <laughs> <laughs> And if that baby was a Nazi. <laughs> God, I could see that. I didn't necessarily think that. And the hair but... is Will Ferrell's but the underbite with Ron Perlman. I don't I d-
3: know. I didn't think that at the time, but,
2: <laughs> but
1: now... I guess yeah, I can, say I say can it. see
2: it. I, and I do want to say before I forget, Peter Karsten, that, that German actor. Sam, you know that Spaghetti Western with Kinsey? I can never remember the name.
3: Yeah, God, God with Cain. And God or something. said to Cain. And God Peter said Peter Karsten, yeah.
2: Peter Karsten did some pretty good Italian films. He did Web of the Spider and one of my favorite Sabato films, Antonio Sabato Sr., The Last Desperate hours, which is like Panic and Needle Park.
3: Right. So, yeah. Will Ferrell, run Perlman, spot on. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. I can go over <laughs> so if, if, if Emily's done, I can go over a few things. Oh, uh, we, we, we. We'll pick this, but I mean, I mean, it wouldn't have taken you didn't have to twist my arm to pick it because, uh, I mean, this As is that
0: all I didn't have to twist. Yeah,
3: this this film isn't really, I ain't got my horse sound effect ready. You just, and you just heard my Kentucky come through hardcore when I said, I ain't got my horse sound effect coming through. Um, but uh, you know, first things first, I mean, this movie's got berets. it's got mercenaries, it's got sweat, it's got cigarettes, it's got alcohol, it's got well, trains, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's got uh, yeah, it's got bromance. Which One of is, the greatest bromances. Yeah. I don't
1: even think it's a romance. This it's, is a fucking romance. No, they're in love with each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. They're so legitimately in love with each other. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this is a, I don't want to cut um, Rick off, but I don't know if this is a good time because I wanted to ask you guys, how often is this a theme in similar films, especially Always. war films? Because Always. I'm not that well versed in that. And it seem the the more I branch out into like war films or in the trenches kind of films, I'm seeing it come up. And I'm no
2: fascinated point. by it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually the main reason I picked this film was because it is very much a theme of masculinity and relationships between men that yeah. um, I think is absolutely poignant and moves men. You want to get a man emotional mm-hmm. okay, when he's talking about film, even a layman, just you know your average kind of beer drinker, you get a you know a, a male friendship as it were in film, and that will will move them. Yeah. And this film, for example, this is one of my favorite, you know. Bonding or romance or romance—whatever you want to say—relationships um, in film because they do have a love for each other. Because I think there's something that men are very much of action, not words, generally mm-hmm. speaking. So if men have been in action together, then there's something um, that that is there that for them feels like a bond deeper than you can ever mm-hmm. convey with words.
1: Sure. That yeah. was very very well put.
3: Yeah, and I'll and I'll also say what I've always argued when it comes to men in films, when it comes to films like these that some of the best adventure slash action movies slash whatever guy movies, dude movies, like we said on the last epi- uh, the first part of this episode, some of the best versions of that come from almost a homosexual tone. Now, maybe, maybe not homosexual so much, but at least a romantic tone between male characters. And I, it, you can argue this point until you're blue in the face. I don't care who you are, but it, it's there in so much male dominated cinema it was there in it, s- stone cold we talked about it back then it was there and it, it's in we've talked about this stuff so much in cinema in, in this type of cinema that you know it, maybe in this case it may be it may hit you over the head a little bit in some spots it's a, like you, it's a
0: little overt yeah, yeah
3: it, it's a little bit it's little there bit. but but the truth is i mean you can see it that way or you can choose not to see it that way. It's it's not exactly. I don't think Cardiff was actually going for that, but I think that it's there no matter what you do because I think we're all creatures and we're all you know. It gets into a whole political debate, but I don't even want to get into. But I mean, I'm, I'm attracted to Will's mind. So if I was attracted to Will's mind, I'm not attracted to Will physically. But I love the guy. Same here. Mm-hmm. I love Rick, obviously. It's so, my movie, I love you know. Emily, too. See? I
0: love you, Christine. But there's
3: nothing. There's <laughs> I mean,
0: no... not with the same intensity because, you know, chicks don't have the same intensity for each other that men do, apparently.
3: <laughs> right. But, you know. <laughs> right. There, there's no. we
0: can't fight wars together.
3: There's there's no sexuality <laughs> there. Wars. There's no sexuality there. But you guys know exactly what we're talking about. That oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's there the no matter bonding, what you do.
0: Yeah. yeah, that you can't replace either. Yeah. You can't. You know, the, um, a man and woman together in the same situation, they don't have, they don't bring the same uh, equality kind of to each other. Mm-hmm. It's a different it's, dynamic because yeah, of a different and, and that is especially with with war films, you, you totally see it. There's, it, it would disrupt not just like the bonding and everything else, but. There is the the trust, I guess, that you would have yeah. that I imagine, you know, maybe even police officers have. it. In that case, a little different because, um, you know, it's a little more equal opportunity. Yeah, you're but just- not...
1: In that situation, it's, I feel like a lot of this is based on just being cut off from everyone else. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I guess that just shows my ignorance of the genre because I did not know this was such a prevalent thing. <laughs> and I am now completely obsessed with it.
3: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the, the The reality is is that this still goes on. I mean, if you look at something that's some, uh, that we reviewed not too long ago or something that's really popular like Inglorious Bastards, there's a lot of this type of behavior in yes. that film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it's still there. I mean, the, the. Eli Roth character and the Brad Pitt character, they, you could almost argue there's something going on there. <laughs> I it's, mean, it, sure.
2: That one is more about the ensemble than it is a specific relationship between two men. But I think anytime but, you, you, but look like at the that Dirty
3: that Dozen happens. though, but like the Dirty, dirty dozen, dozen films like that, that
2: the, Wild Bunch is, is the greatest example of oh, the sure. sort of yeah. um, men you know willing to to go to great lengths for each other. Yeah, you'd,
3: you'd almost if you look at it in that way, it's even really darker because you got two brothers and you got two other guys that you could oh. argue are in love with each other. These guys are all in love with each other, but they're really just in love with... They have a common goal that they're in love with, and by that, they're in love with each other. I don't know. It it gets complicated, but it's there. There's
0: also that, yeah, they're the only ones who can get them that goal. That's right. And you throw a woman in there, well, she's just going to fuck things up, because now your priorities have switched, whereas... You know, the you're, you're the water. yeah, and you know that he's got your back and you've got his back and, yeah. you know, you might not talk about your feelings, although in this movie they do talk about their feelings, like but say, you know that they would save your life and and vice versa. Yeah,
3: it's like, a, to use it in musician terms, it's the Yoko plot. Once you throw a, <laughs> once you throw a woman into the mix, everything gets messed up. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me go into a couple other things here. Taylor. Now, I know Christine's a Rod Taylor fan. Uh, yes. Will's not seen a lot of Rod Taylor, but we know now he's seen a few.
1: Uh, <laughs> we were all more than he yeah.
3: thought. Uh, now Rod Taylor took a lot of heat in his career for not being because well, he sweat a lot. Yeah, <laughs> not being a very diverse actor. He was considered wooden. Um, oh, I don't know insane. if you know about this, Christine, but I know that he was always considered a very wooden actor, and uh, a lot of people gave him crap because they said he was. You know, he's a real good-looking guy. He's from Australia. He's real. You know, real brash, real, real kind of swashbuckler type looks. You know, and all mm-hmm. those types. So very manly. Uh, but he always had this kind of monkey on his back that followed him around with being this wooden actor. But everything I've ever seen Taylor in, I, I, I wouldn't classify him as a wooden actor. Now I would say that he is a great face, and sometimes his face is better than his performances. Yes, but I would not say that he's wooden. Would you?
1: I would not. Have would you seen you? his? Have you <laughs> seen his episode of the Twilight Zone?
3: I have seen it. Which yes. one
1: was it? I okay. saw that he was in one. I'm actually it, trying to get the name because I don't know it off the top of my head. It is. I just know that. And
3: when the sky was opened is the name of it. Okay.
1: The sky okay. Uh, okay. The quick IMDb synopsis. Three U.S. astronauts blast off from Earth oh, on yeah. the initial test flight. Mm-hmm.
2: I think I have seen
1: that. Oh, that's, no. that's the first. More about my childhood. I grew up watching The Twilight Zone like nonstop yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. That's um, that was the first thing I saw a lot of people in. Yeah. Um, and that was the first thing I had ever seen him in and then my mother soon showed me the birds and I was like who is this amazing man and i, <laughs> I will never, marry him one day. Exactly I never I never got that feeling. I, I I guess like what you said with the face. Mm. Like but and he certainly does have a delivery sometimes. Yes. Like almost like a default delivery. Like yes. this yeah, is yeah. this is the way I'm going to say this now. Yeah. But I never I never that never came across as wooden to me. I would yeah. never choose that word. He, he I, It's also just the time. Like I, I mean, you too, can say yeah. the same about yeah. Gregory Peck, you know? I, oh, big yeah. time.
2: I do find Gregory Peck wooden. It's funny you should compare yeah. them, but I don't find Taylor to be wooden.
3: Yeah. Well, I think you got to see him in more stuff. I think, you know, if you see him in some stuff, you'll see where they kind of give that criticism. The Time Machine in particular is probably his most popular film outside of mm-hmm. the birds, possibly. And he is kind of wooden in The Time Machine, but The Time Machine is kind of a fun, you know, genre movie for what it is. Uh, it always seems like it takes forever to get through sometimes for me, but whatever. But he did a lot of these kind of what are considered B action movies, you know, these kind mm-hmm. of Westerns and stuff. But I don't know if you guys have seen some of his. Other, I mean, if, if I've seen a lot of his films. I would definitely check out Brisky Point. I would check yeah, it out. Yeah, I was going to well,
1: say that's, a, that's definitely one to look that's at.
3: One I think Jim Brownson's in Brisky Point, uh, Rock
2: Hudson, a few other people know.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I know uh um, Spradlin
1: I'm bringing is, it up right now. I can't remember. It's been know, a long Harrison time.
3: Harrison Ford's in it, but briefly. I don't think Jim Brown is in Zabriskie Point. Oh, I think uh, I have seen Zabriskie Point, actually. Is that on the train? No. But check out that one. Check out Chuka. Chuka is really good. Chuka is totally overlooked. It's a uh, Western with him and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh fuck. Uh, Borgnan. Borgnan's in it. Nice. Really fucking good movie. Uh, I'd definitely recommend That's gotta
0: that has got to be one sweaty movie. <laughs> it is.
3: <laughs> and some other stuff he's done as well. Deadly Trackers is really good. Uh, the Picture Showman. That's a really great one. Definitely look for that one. And uh, he was in one that I've always meant to see, but I never have seen. But I love the title, "The Man Who Had Power Over Women." <laughs> I've never seen that one.
0: <laughs> ironic, <laughs> considering
2: the themes we're talking about. Yes,
3: it's ironic.
0: Oh, that's right on my list.
3: But I wanted to just kind of, you know, kind of go into him a little bit because I've always thought he's gotten a bad shake. I mean, I really have. I thought, you know, it's, it's he's similar to like a Bronson to me. You know, mm-hmm. Will, he's, I think a little more range, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, asked on the boards, are on on the boards, but on the Facebook group, you know, favorite actor of the last thirty years, favorite actor of all time. When I picked Bronson for my favorite actor of all time, I realized Charles Bronson's not not even close to the greatest actor of all time, not even near that when you talk about actors as a skill. Mm -hmm. But he has a quality like Rod Taylor that you can't that you're either born with or you just don't have it. And I think Rod Taylor has that same quality. He can come on screen and boom, he's there. He just has that ability. He's
1: very charismatic, in Charisman. my opinion. Yep.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. But as I said on the previous show and off the air, we joked around about if there was to make an autobiography of, of Rod Taylor, he looks in some shots in this film. He looks so much like Robin Williams.
1: So much so. And I think it's just a little bit like later because I, d- I have seen stuff that's a little bit earlier in his career. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as he got, got older, there was definitely a Robin Williams.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. His face got a little puffier and stuff as he yeah, got it's older. It's a
0: degenerative disease, similar to the one in Jack. <laughs> that's
3: right. But you know
2: who he reminds me of uh, as far as delivery personality? Um, Charisma is, ironically, another guy from that region is Mel Gibson. Like, I could almost mm-hmm. see – he's like a brawnier Mel
3: to me in this film. Well, see, that's the thing. see
4: that.
3: Mel's the sim- – he's a similar type of actor to me. And a lot of your Australian actors seem to have this, this kind of manly quality. That American mm. actors don't have. Yeah, R- Russell Crowe, Guy Pierce. These are the more modern versions of this, but you know, uh, you know, uh, Paul no, Hogan. No, yeah, they yeah, Paul Hogan. That's definitely a, <laughs> that's definitely a manly Roger character. Ward. Hey, you know, if you can rock <laughs> a a leather vest with no shirt, if you can get away with that shit, you are manly, in my opinion. That's true. <laughs> Was a crocodile tooth necklace? <laughs> yeah. Crocodile tooth. I mean, he really is rocking some GG TMC uh, fashion, man. <laughs> hardcore. Like
0: to see Gig Young try that. (laughs) (laughs) The
3: the, this is actually, and and no pun intended. I mean, this is the truth to me. This is actually for me one of Jim Brown's, if not his best performance. For me, he ever did. I love Jim Brown in this movie so much. So do I. But I think it's unbelievable.
2: I don't know if it's his. He did a lot of great films that no one ever talks about. Stuff little like you know Warner stuff like The Split. Oh yeah. The out, uh, uh, not the outfit. Um. Uh. He did Fingers that was a Toback. Uh, he was really good in a small. Yeah. He he did a lot of great films. Period that no one ever talks about. But I do I do admit that to me, um. He, I yeah I love him in this film yeah, so yeah. much.
0: Yeah. It's the kind of role that you almost if you were making this movie you would make it after you cast that role and then go from there because it's such an important role in terms of presence like you just you you have to be on this guy's side and then like him and then from there everything kind of falls in place i think Mm -hmm. like you you could put somebody else in in taylor's role in a way it'd be a different movie but with brown you just you need a very particular person for that part and he he works in it because he's Yeah, you love
2: him. You need a humanity. Like, I think that if mm-hmm. you can Let's just look at just a quick and dirty um, snapshot of someone else of the, of the era. And that would be sort of, let's just say, you know, you would assume he could be cast in a role. Let's look at Fred the Hammer. I like Fred Williams, but he's not right for this role. Brown has a, a humanity and a... He has dig- an innocence a, to him. He has an innocence and a dignity. Yeah. A quiet dignity <laughs> that a lot of people don't or yeah. couldn't bring to the role.
3: I'm laughing because there is one scene in here, though, that I feel like he has no dignity and I feel like they... I feel like they kind of hurt him a little bit, and I, I know it, it works for the film and stuff, but I think it's a little ridiculous. And that's when they decide to go incognito into the. <laughs> into oh, the care! I love. I don't care. I love.
0: I love that both of them had to take their shirts off for that <laughs> scene.
3: favorite. Scene there was
0: movie. no reason for Taylor to be shirtless uh, in that scene. Don't but- get me wrong.
3: I love the scene. It just, it just, you know, it's it, when you use the word dignity. <laughs> yeah okay that, that
2: scene aside but again it's in the context of adventure now
3: yeah but yeah.
1: when he dropped him he was like are you okay it was, I, I would ask you, are you okay?" If oh my me? god
3: i love that moment so
1: much i loved yeah. it so much
3: it's real man that's the way it would be yeah uh, but
1: come on how often would it, you see the default like that wouldn't it's that's not the default way that two people of the same sex interact <laughs> on film It's not.
3: Well, and And I, I agree with you on film. No, it's not. I know
1: it's not because just like what we were talking about in the prior film, the way that older women are portrayed in, in, films it's yeah. not real yeah. yeah it's not older people in general it's just not real so that's and it's when you see that sometimes it's like holy crap this is this has got a lot of realism to it and i appreciate that we
3: we so. talk about that often and and when we talk when the films we review that we me and we'll call it the look this this look that men give each other when they make a decision <laughs> yeah and in that little moment before they go incognito and i love saying that they go incognito because it's hilarious <laughs> Take uh, but well, more more brown goes incognito. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But they 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 have this little moment, this little look between the two of them. That's like you know, this is both going to be crazy, a little bit fun and awesome. Yep.
2: But it, it's that thing again of of you're putting your life in someone's hands, and that it's that trust that you're literally you're doing that. And you when you're in that together, I think it's a powerful thing. That again, it becomes it comes down to the thing of men. Uh, are, are creatures of action versus words to right. paint with the broad brush.
3: Mm-hmm. A couple more notes and I'm done. The, the the relationship, the importance of the relationship between Taylor and Brown is solidified, I think, by some moments on the very back end uh, that are great. Some Some truly great moments that I can't go too far into because it gives away too much. But it involves a bag of diamonds, involves great looks, mm-hmm. smiles. <laughs> uh <laughs> just, oh, no,
0: shucks kind of smile. Yeah, I mean, coming.
3: the only thing it's missing is the wavy lines, the flashback or something, you know. But I mean, <laughs> all joking aside, it's just great stuff. I mean, it gives me chills now talking about it. I just love the way that they ha- that Cardiff handles that stuff. That he's not completely, even though it might feel like it's sometimes hitting you over the head with it. He's telling you, these two men love and trust each other mm-hmm. because they've done this. They've been in you know, they've been with each other in this in these, these battles and blah blah blah. By and, choice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They have saved each other's lives by choice, probably, you know, fifty yeah. times.
3: Yeah. There is one long fist fight in this motherfucking movie. <laughs> I can't remember which fist fight it was, but there's one. I, I think it might be the one at the end, man. It goes on for a while.
1: Yeah, that that one's pretty long, so that it's might vicious. be the one. Yeah, the <laughs> first one involves a chainsaw. Are you thinking about the that
3: one? No, no the chainsaw one's awesome, but no, I'm not thinking about that. That's a real chainsaw too. You can see that chain moving on there. Yeah, um, but I really like that. And I, I, if I had any problems with the film, for me, really, it's and, and I'm, not, I'm just going to gush all over this movie because I do think it has a couple flaws. I think yeah, it, it's not a perfect. Movie. I think no. it it when it the tension needs to be the highest for me, like the safe scene when they show up and they got to wait for the mm-hmm. safe and they got to they go to this kind of like. I don't know, like a like a nuns. I don't know some religious place, some kind of like they take a the doctor, yeah, thing. something like that. That whole dynamic, yeah, that whole dynamic with the people and stuff, that all feels a little almost wasted to me, and it shouldn't because there's a, something that happens. I don't want to give in, again give anything away, but mm-hmm. there's something that happens with the train cars and some awfulness and and stuff. But there's this supposed to be this tension of waiting for this safe, and I never for some strange reason that did not work for me it might have worked for you guys but it didn't work for me it was
1: cut weird no no no. it was it was was paced weird it was cut weird they were like hey there's three hours and then it literally felt like they were waiting for three hours (laughs) yeah it,
0: or, or, yeah, or like, because at first I'm like, how long have they been in this town? Oh, right. Three hours. It feels like
3: yeah, it. My only, it's like,
0: Okay, well, we're going to drive here and drive back and bring this and guy. Drive back and there again. Yeah. yeah and drop my, this one off. Yeah. yeah like, my how only, much can you do in three hours? Yeah. I can't do that much.
3: My only thought yeah. is, I think the reason why it didn't work for me so much is because it got away from the, 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 the propulsion of the, the propulsion of the male characters of the, of the relationship between Brown and Taylor. It separated them. And the train, the train, and just, yeah, it got away from the train. It got away from all these testosterone infused things that are in the but film. the
0: one thing I really did like about that was I really loved the story with the doctor. Oh, and,
3: me too. I love like that. that.
0: And that, like, if I, if we were doing make or breaks here, like, that would be the scene for me that kind of was where it suddenly became serious and a little more important of a film in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just suddenly felt like all of a sudden here was the human. Because before that, it, it feels very light. Yeah. And then with that kind of to me it was a turning point of this shit's getting serious yeah. that's
2: why the stakes become real because it's not superheroes anymore it's it's frail humans right.
0: it's it's this it's this alcoholic doctor making you know a really heroic decision yep. that I didn't see coming from that character yeah. And,
3: yeah yeah and that's the best part of it that and uh, the, of course the silly part of it to me is the looking at the clock on the the ridiculous amount of uh information that's up five. there to let you know that the safe's going to open up. <laughs> a big red clock face and, and uh, five, yeah. 4. <laughs> Which, you know, is great for cinema, right? But it doesn't really make much sense otherwise. But anyway, uh that that if if I had any problems with it, it's a bit of that and a bit of the the secondary characters. Some of the secondary characters are great. The Frenchman Some of them men, aren't fleshed out enough though. Yeah, the Frenchman, the German, they're great and the doctor but some of the other ones that are just kind of around like they could have done more i think with the guy that ran the actual steam engine mm. himself cuz he kind of pops I up I think he has
0: a good ending
3: yeah uh, oh yeah. why not
0: the steam engine i think somebody well, you are thinking of the guy the their, their guide
3: or whatever the oh, guide Katakis?
0: i'm thinking of the guy who helps the, who shows them the diamonds and kind of explains he's kind of in charge of that group of people the the white guy oh, okay. with the white
3: yeah 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 that guy the the kataki character i like yeah, because uh, he has a great moment uh, which yeah, is yeah, he does have a great which, moment. Which you know, it's both kind of it's a little over the top, but at the same time, it's you know, it's that manly thing. It's that thing of owning up to your honor and blah blah blah. So you know, get into what you would get out of it, what you want to get out of it, but it works for me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it may be quaint, but I agree. I think it does
2: work because yeah. you know. All right, that's all I got. Uh, sorry, who's up?
1: Uh, Christine, Christine. Uh, okay, well, I don't, I don't have much else to add because we we touched on my my. My feelings of passion from this, um, and I don't want to go back into it too much, but that is really what endeared me to this film, and that's really what worked, and I completely didn't expect it. And um, if anybody wants to shoot me any more suggestions of similar oh, yeah, we things, I'm, I, I'm like, oh, I need to fashion like some kind of thesis about this now, because yeah. um, that's You've how my brain works in my life. But I also wanted to say something, and I might lose some of you here, but there, um, that's the scene with the vault and the train, um, it really felt like um, Serenity, the Firefly movie. To okay. Me. I don't oh, know. I don't oh, do I've seen me. that. Um, just huh. because in that movie, like, the, the the bad people, the Reavers are coming to get yeah. into this mm-hmm. small town, and I there's like that. this rush to get stuff out of the city. And I don't know, something about it made me really feel like that, and I was like, oh, this feels like Serenity. The mercy kill aspect of it, too, yeah, because there's, you
0: know that if these guys get you, you're
1: gonna wish you. It's like were bad shit's going down because the worst rea- things possible. If the reavers get you, they'll you know what what do they say? There's some some line in like the, they'll and then, rape you, they'll skin you, they'll eat and, you, but if you're, you're lucky. They'll, do, they'll do, it do it in that order. order. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. so that me that gave me a lot of those vibes, which I really appreciated, and Ooh. also. Um, just like the whole Inglorious Bastards tie-in, like that, the main theme is the Inglorious right. Bastards. Thing. yeah, that's right. Um, the second I heard it, I was like, "What's going on? This is amazing!" <laughs> and then, then, and this is probably me reaching, but then the um, the female actress in this is Yvette Miamu, and I thought, of course, of Shoshana's well, friendship. No, movie. I don't
0: think that's reaching because it's is not like one reaching. of Tarantino's favorite films. It's, yeah. that's right.
1: and it's Emmanuel Mimue, and it. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I guess I'll like like happy and stupid and well, I like I'm still watching Glorious Bastards right now <laughs> even though I've watched it four times this year so I'm not going to watch it again because even the, um, the other actor
0: characters name in Glorious Bastards what was it oh Hugo St- Stiglitz like yeah. Glorious yeah. Bastards is very like every bit of that is an homage to Just this something. era yeah. Yeah, and I think completely, so yeah, I, that completely. Yeah, I really did like. Am I am I grasping at straws here? No, not at all.
1: <laughs> no. With this, but yeah, I really that straw is a vine that you can swing on with. And kick someone tail. in the face. Exactly. So I I appreciated that because I I do I think as someone who enjoys Inglorious Bastards as much as I do, maybe one of my favorite movies of all time. Nice. I am. Um, I should probably seek out some of the the things that influenced it a bit more actively, and I yeah I should yeah. do that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yvette Mumu, oh uh, she uh, also was in uh in that uh, uh, Jaws ripoff I told you about a long time ago. It's a Snow Beast with Bo Svenson. <laughs> nice. Oh, I've
0: seen Snow Beast. It's on those Mill Creek packs. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: S- wait, s- is Snow Beast a-, a TV movie? Yeah, it, it is, is. Yeah, with it Bo Svenson. That's like the fifth time that's come up in the last two days. <laughs> I think I need to see that movie. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really not good. Like, it's actually very boring.
3: It is pretty silly. Very it's definitely it's people it's people essentially do. it's a Jaws ripoff. It's a total Jaws ripoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a snow
1: beast. But
3: with really bad special yeah. effects and mostly point of view shots of the, of the monster. That's
1: it. I need to see
3: it. You know what you'd like
2: her in? Um, uh, speaking of Yvette, is Jackson County Jail. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. She's really good in that. It's a good sleazy. And and the black hole. I mean, she, you guys forget she's in the black hole. And she was in Time Machine, too. With I mean, the, Silver and Gold, I think, might have reviewed it. I don't know. I, it's a
2: film that is it, sort it, of it, all in all of our circles. It. It's, it's pretty rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Nice. But, uh, okay, anything else? Uh, Ms. No, Mankis?
1: I think uh, most of it's been covered. Okay. I think we all know my feelings by now.
2: <laughs> Excellent. I'll I'll give you a list, certainly, but one I would say if you haven't seen, it, is, it elevates this material to like profound heights, is The Wild Bunch. I okay. cry every
3: time I watch
1: it. I actually have not seen The Wild Bunch. Okay, which is,
2: I, it might be, my fa- might be my favorite film
3: of all time. Or uh, mm-hmm. another good one is uh, kind of a take on The Wild Bunch. It's Walter Hill's, it's uh, Extreme Prejudice. Yeah, which
1: I've been meaning to say, yeah. which is I, more machismo than this. But.
3: Yeah, that's even that might be even more macho than, <laughs> than this
2: one. Yeah. In a different, more ma '80s kind of cocaine Mexico macho, but <laughs> which,
1: which I'm fine with.
2: Yeah, which is great, absolutely. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, but uh, this is very much an adventure film. You know, this is a time when Africa, you know, was looked at as "quote unquote," you know, disparagingly the dark continent, and it. I think just you know even if you remove yourself from ridiculous terms, um, it is a place even in this climate as, as Rick and I have seen her these times with the the um, the ambassador the documentary um, is a to- is a place where a lot can happen <laughs> and it's it's like it's that. like
3: time has stood still in Africa it's it's That's so bizarre
2: right. in fact this film could have been the ambassador now like 40 50 years later so you know it it immediately gives you a setting that is full of danger, is and full mm-hmm. of intrigue, is full of a lot of things that, you know, I always love seeing films set in far-flung locations because I feel like it, it gives me not only a, a snapshot or a travelogue, but it also um, allows you or gives an inherent um, flavor for the film. Mm-hmm.
0: And you're just on edge because you don't know this terrain at all. That's right. And you don't know what to expect there. And neither do the characters in a sense because this is a, you know, it's a scary place.
2: Yeah. Oh no, definitely. Um, you know, I don't want to go too much into the the commentary or subtext. Uh, you know, we've kind of touched on that of of Africa mm-hmm. and kind of comment making commentary on um, Western interests and the lengths uh, you know Western society goes to to um, to rape essentially you know the continent, which is a tragedy that I'm not intelligent yeah. enough to speak about, but. Um, you know, it just it does open up right away. You kind of get the hero landing with with Taylor and Brown. They're coming off the plane, chomping cigars, and you kind of know it's going to be very masculine. And and they get the the operative. Okay, three days to keep the Congo alive, basically. Yeah. And you know, being being a guy, guy I mean, a guy who loves films and guy films. You know, this is very much guys on a mission. And I always love sort of the the a man handpicking his team. You know, there's something always great about that. Mm-hmm. Um. We talked about the theme, which we opened up with on our show, which I adore. I'm just trying to cut through, like, four pages of notes here in quick (laughs) order. Um, There's... What do we got here? Okay, I just said Taylor gets sweatier, which he does and everyone else
0: does. (laughs) I like we all have that in our notes.
2: There's some great kind of lines, kind of guy lines where, you know, he goes to see the doctor and he says, you expecting me to go on this mission for one bottle of uh, scotch, good scotch? He goes, no, 12 bottles. And And then they laugh. (laughs) (laughs) like
3: Like the Kung Fu master laugh it's uh i'm telling you my, my wife makes fun of me and you when we're together when we're together we do it all yeah. the time we're like yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. yeah. well, true
0: christine but. we need a thing to do like that too <laughs> we we do things right trust
3: me you guys probably do things and you don't even realize you do it i don't even know if i've paid attention <laughs> no, that's true.
1: listen that tell that us route. what things
3: we do we will we'll keep a
2: keen eye out next time <laughs> next and time we're gonna, we'll
3: keep an eye out yeah. yeah
2: we're gonna peg you guys for it um I think that, you know, when the train comes, it's great, you know, with a swirling kind of steam and you get a sense of excitement even above the terrain now because we're on a moving vehicle and adventure films, whether it's Break Our Pass or what's the, not Ice Station Zebra, one of those films of that time, um, again, on a train, maybe it's a virus film with uh, Richard Harris. I can't remember which one it is, but, you know, train films, again, very adventure and um you know you get shots I love this to the shots of this inhospitable terrain in this country with mountains and jungle again it just evokes something without having to do a whole lot and, and I like to that yeah. they go places and it's like it's a ghost town but you're so tense it's almost worse and more tense because it's a ghost town because you know things could explode at any moment
3: mm-hmm.
2: you never know what's gonna come at you um, you know, some of just the little things like Taylor running on top of the fucking moving train. I mean, you'd never see that nowadays. It's just insane. <laughs> just insane. Um, what else? Uh, you know, lines, again, just to kind of add to the brutality of the film. You know, there's a bunch of people killed. And I think Taylor says, you know, the bodies, every half mile, throw one out. Yeah. yeah. It, it, this The darkness of of and the violence that we see in this film is, is pretty... Um, it's pretty awful stuff. There's very stark stuff. There's a gun-down of two characters that are briefly introduced.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a it, hard
2: one. It's horrible stuff to see, but again, I think it's important to the film because it shows us where the stakes are at in the film. Right. You know, right. and it's just... I get chills thinking, but there's that moment of a character um, carrying those bodies away, and it's just an awful moment. You see the absence of humanity, you know, and uh, it's, it's a pretty grim reminder of that. Um, and then, yeah, the scene with... Uh, we didn't talk about too much, but the scene with Taylor and Brown over a beer talking about just, you know, philosophy, where you come from, what would you do in this case? And, you know, it's it's a good little moment between them. It's one of the few quiet moments between them when it's words, not action.
0: Right. And we kind of learn a little more about uh, Rufo. Then, yes. Then, too. And he's, you know, he's, he is from there and talks about, you know, how he would he would never want to go back to this life. And it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting moment. Again, it just it makes this character... So different from what you would normally see in a movie like this
2: and and in you know in essence, the brown character in this um mirrors Brown in real life because Brown had this um notion of being African American at the time when he grew up. you didn't have to be better than than everyone else you had to be ten times better right.
3: yeah you know
2: yeah, yeah a lot and, of his personal philosophies there yeah and and you know it's it's true in this you know he the the uh, like that they go to lengths to show you he's educated, he speaks for languages. Mm-hmm. he does this you know, they make him, again, very much a character of dignity because, it, you know, in the wrong hands he could have very much been the bloodthirsty savage and in a western uniform. Yeah.
0: Right, or which, which the would reverse, the he point. could have been the noble savage and been, you know, completely without faults and everything. And yeah. I think it it almost borders on that. He's almost too good a man. Yeah. But I think they're able, just because Brown is kind of playful and because the dialogue is, it wheels it back enough where it doesn't feel like it's overly kind of glamorizing this man.
2: Yeah, no, agreed. Because he does get his hands dirty, right? So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um, I don't want to say who, but his character and the arc of his character mirrors another African-American character in a horror film of the time.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, I got it. I don't don't think... I, th- I don't think I followed that. You'll have to tell me later. <laughs>
2: I will tell you off the air. But if <laughs> I, I like, if I, that's,
1: that's a little vague for me. <laughs> if I
2: give any hints and or even the direction, I know it'll
1: ruin it. I think will understand. It, which
2: I can't. But I'll tell you as soon as we get off. Um,
0: so, I, think, yes. I think
1: if
3: you're a big enough film buff, you might be able to figure it out anyway.
0: That's true. Christina. Yeah.
1: I, I know, but it's, it, no, no, it's no, no, 7 a.m. for me. No, 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 no,
3: no, 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 no meanness meant toward that comment. I'm just saying. I, I, you once never moment, be mean to me. One of those things where you hear it and you're going to be like, oh, yeah. As soon as yeah. we're off the air, I'll say it. Um, I'm going to
1: start thinking about it now.
3: Okay, go. good, good. Just
1: don't burst it out.
3: Yeah, please
1: don't.
3: I bet you will go, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bridge
2: sequence is insane and it's oh, awful man. and it's punctuated by a terrible decision that needs to be made with a pistol. Yep. Again, we're reminded of how brutal and unforgiving the, the, the where they are is,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Just awful. And just that scene from a technical standpoint to shoot the train and the separation of the train and the fucking fire. And
0: how did they do that?
2: It, it's a feat <laughs> of, of filmmaking. And that's what i I love old timey filmmaking, seeing things like that. And, you know, we get this horrifying tableau when, um, uh, Brown and Taylor discover it. It's just, oh, fuck. And it's like, it's like, you know, they're saying out of the frying pan of the fire. They go out of the frying pan into the fucking volcano and they do so willfully. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's when the shirts come off and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's like the greatest, yeah. it's like the greatest, one of the greatest, most macho moments in cinema. It's like these two fucking sweaty dudes, the their shirts are off they're machine gunning motherfuckers. <laughs> it doesn't get any more kind of pump your fist. It just, on a base level than that. Yeah, You know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to say too much more, but I, I love this film. And I, I, I do want to say that, um, Chris Davies Ron, and Davy McElmore promoted the hell out of this film. And I finally was like, I got to see it. And I'm glad I did. And I hope that a lot of people will watch this film through, um, through our four review of it. So, yeah, yeah.
3: This, like I say, this was on Netflix instant watch for a while and then it disappeared. And I guess because Warner archive put, out, cause I bought it. It's out. It's out. I'm going to buy it too. It's out on Warner archive. And, uh, So I picked it up because I do love the film and it's a very rewatchable movie. So I I picked it up because I usually don't buy bare bones DVDs very often, but
0: it's such a shame that this is bare bones because you, oh, the know. stories behind it must have been so great,
2: yeah. Like you said, the filming, how, like just to hear stories about how they filmed certain things would have been, or just even filming where they filmed, even in Jamaica at the time, would have been interesting stories, yeah. you know.
0: Marcus, what do you, does anybody know about Jamaica in the 60s? Yeah. That's
2: right,
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's a pretty crazy place now. I mean, we were just talking about that the other day. <laughs> the block is hot, yeah, hot block, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. This is a different show. <laughs> this is another show. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Where's my horse? Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay, so uh, I guess that's... Uh, I'm so used to taking the lead and telling everybody to, to button up, but uh, Emily, it's your show. It's oh, yeah, show. sure. It's
1: your show. It's y'all, oh, it, oh excuse-
3: it's, it's, it's y'all's show. It's
1: y'all's show. <laughs> hey, guys, so, so geez, does everybody want to rate it? Do we need to go over our rating styles? Because yeah, we- I will.
2: Probably. I know how you guys do it, but it's... Well, you, know, you probably should do you it. want to. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, if
1: this is the first time you're listening, um, Emily and I decided to rate things a little bit differently. We give movies two ratings. One is our actual from one to ten number grade, and the other one is... the and that's based on the. It's, i have to rephrase <laughs> I was this say you have it's, to say it one way sorry it's again with the time okay what am i paying you for? <laughs> i know take back my check um <laughs> the first grade is the actual quality of the film how we deem it to be quality wise recommending it to somebody else the second grade would be the quality of life um grade. Approved and that's upon. and and that's um how like like if we use a, the Birdemic um, example, the quality of that film is probably a one, but the quality <laughs> of life grade would be a nine.
3: <laughs> for some, <laughs> Who am I for,
1: kidding? It would be a ten.
3: Yeah, for some, maybe me yeah. and you, and maybe Emily, but Large William was not a fan. Yeah, no, I that
1: love that. Dumb. Okay, let me tell
0: you how you have to watch Birdemic. <laughs> you could hang to with watch the family Birdemic with the actor commentary. <laughs> okay. and <laughs> because I think the issue about Birdemic, you might go into it thinking it was intentionally that bad. No, no, and, I know it wasn't. <laughs> well, that's the thing is the cause the, yeah. the act commentary is so adorable because there's the actress who's like Who loves it? Yeah. I no, no, no. She's like could you cause I again, I think Christina agrees with me on this. She's actually good in the movie. She gives a far better performance than you realize in that movie. Yeah. But she just talks about how like how like frustrating it was, but she like she's like, but I had the lead in a movie. How could I walk away from it? I should have walked away from it after I was told <laughs> I had to be the makeup artist, but I wouldn't get <laughs> credited to be the makeup artist because if I cause it, at that point it would look like a cheap movie and then like the actor talks about how like yeah i'm in a movie and it's didn't so didn't
2: funny. you guys mention that I, th- I remember hearing that on your show you guys talking about that i Probably, think
0: because i can't yeah. talk about the movie without recommending the commentary
2: track.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do a whole new appreciation for it amazing all oh. right yeah so, so uh why do we let our gentlemen rate first Guys, gentlemen go first
3: oh okay uh okay
0: oh. Turning the tables on you. So, now we're, we're flipping, the the
4: script, you know. yeah.
3: Yeah. flipping the script on the GG TMC. Here we go. Um, okay, so actual quality of the film, I would give this a 8.25 for actual quality of film. Mm-hmm. For, you know, rewatchability, whatever, whatnot, for love, and blah, blah, blah. I give this film like a 9.5.
4: Yep.
3: <laughs> because this is one of those ones like glorious bastards and like a lot of men on a mission films i find uh and i don't know if it's just because i'm a male or not uh but
1: and you're on a mission
3: yeah and i'm on a mission yeah. typically <laughs> but uh i just find them very rewatchable the recruitment scenes the the great scene you mentioned that one scene will with uh uh, uh brown and him at the bar but what i really love about that scene is also that rod taylor just shuts that Democrat that a bureaucrat. It just shuts him up. Just like well, he was a journalist. He's yeah. supposed to be a you know a mm-hmm. free thinker and he's yeah. he's fucking uses. Calls kind of him of a fat cat journalist. <laughs> yeah. Calls him a fat cat journalist. This smacks basically smacks him across the face with his words, which I loved. But uh yeah, it's a nine point five as far as the second part of my rating goes.
0: Oh, nice. Large William. All right, William. Oh,
3: we're pretty close here.
2: I think actually we're identical. You said for, eight point five. Eight um, 8.25. Okay, so I am slightly above you for um. Uh, film, I think it's, yeah, I could hover between 8.25 and 8.5. Um, it's certainly not a perfect film, but I do think there's enough technically, and, you know, on a visceral kind of thrill level that it, it is like an 8.5, we'll say. But quality of life, yeah, is high. It's like a 9.5. This is a film that's very rewatchable um, because of the themes and the setting and, and what they did with the film. So, yeah, 8.5 and a 9.5 for me.
1: Very nice. Christine? Um, all right. Well, for my my um, quality of the actual film grade, it's um, when I'm going into this, I was thinking about it, and I was like ah, seven. But uh, you know, after talking about it, it's probably closer to closer to an eight, realistically, um, because it, I, I would rewatch it in that. I didn't think I would have that reaction. Um, So I'd give it an 8. And for the quality of life grade, just because of how interesting I found the character interactions and the relationships and how it has spurred me to want to seek out more similar, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm on a similar wavelength with you, uh, as often as the case with uh quality i i'm around an 8 i think i was uh, wavering between 7.75 and 8 but i think again talking about it has upped it a little bit for me but yeah it's a little inconsistent in tone here and there and i don't know that all of the kind of non uh action or non essential stuff works as well as everything so i'm going to go i'll go 8 and quality of life um yeah similar it just cuz i enjoyed it a lot and had no idea what i was getting or what i was getting next and it was also fun going into a film where i knew so little about like you were saying i knew a little about the film but i also knew so little about this era and genre of mm-hmm. film so it was just kind of constant surprises throughout so at the risk of being a broken record i'll go also go 8.5 for quality of life
3: nice nice yeah that that begs the question do you guys think you would have pursued this otherwise
0: no no, I never would have had any reason to watch it unless Mission somebody had really
3: told me to. I'm glad. So I get kind of going to go back the other way. Will, do you think you ever would have watched They Shoot the Horses, the Don't They? I think, do so. <laughs> I,
2: I would have. No, I, I, I would have, I think eventually. But you know how it all goes. With all of us being obsessive cinephiles, it would have been way down the totem pole. You know, I don't adore any, I, I really like Fonda, but outside of Fonda, I don't adore anyone else in that film. So, you know, Pollock is, is someone I love, The Yakuza. You know, up and down in his films. But um it's interesting though too. I think that you guys, as you girls the ladies just mentioned, talking through um They Shoot Horses elevated my score. Mm-hmm. And much like talking through this one elevated your guys' score. So I think it's it's interesting to look at those themes. And I think very much um it's interesting that for the way we program the the two episodes of our shows because um Horses, or don't they? Um, <laughs> is is to me dominated by very much a female uh, performance, and this is dominated by masculine themes. So we <laughs> we we picked films that I think uh, cater to, whether on a conscious or subconscious level, um, you know, things about our, our show or our our sex.
0: <laughs> Our gender? Are gen- yeah, exactly. Are <laughs> or gender? Is sex? it gender or sex? That's me? always a whole whole gray line.
3: Excuse me, am I missing out on something again? <laughs> I missed I missed the Johnson line earlier. Now I'm missing the sex line. <laughs> Ari Grainer? <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, but I think that's I think it's important. I think that the, one of the great things about you know w- we do a show that you know tends to be kind of more catered toward dude cinema let's be honest uh and it's great to have female uh compadres compatriots so fellow film lovers out there
2: women that we would gladly go into the the, the jungles of the congo with <laughs>
3: yes. Aww, who God. are very open-minded <laughs> enough to review uh films that you know like dark of the sun uh honestly whereas you know I I know a lot of women that wouldn't even give it a second chance, but I did. I, did, I did oh, that, want to ask the question, but the only reason why I thought you might pursue it at some point, especially Christine, is because I know she loves Rod Taylor so much.
4: Either. I
1: know, but there's so much there's so much Rod Taylor that I haven't seen as much as I have seen. There's more that I haven't, so oh, yeah. I, this probably wouldn't have, you know, been too high on that list of things, uh, blind spots to – Talk Killin, about, so
3: yeah, talk about an actor who doesn't We're look anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look anything like he used to. He seemed as church no. Churchill and Glorious Bastard, it's unbelievable. It <laughs> doesn't even look as the same same person anymore. All right, so it's y'all show close it out how you All want right. to close it out.
0: Yeah, well first um please tell us, gentlemen, where our listeners can find you.
3: Ooh, uh, ggtmc.com or the so other
0: than the, the bar down at the end of the street. With
3: <laughs> <like a banana laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 GGM, t- was it was the blogspot is it the, it it the GGM, the, the GGM t-
2: ggtmc.blogspot.com. Right. And of course just ggtmc.com or Facebook.
3: Yeah. Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. A lot of big, a lot of stuff goes on in the Facebook group. If you're not a member,
0: you might, you might have the most happening Facebook group out there. <laughs> that, I'm put that that up. Impossible to keep up with the impossible. Ama-
3: when I, when that group started i we i'd get like if i'd open my facebook app i'd have like maybe 3 updates to look at now when i open my facebook app in the morning i have at least at the very least a small day is like a small day is 20 a regular day is like 40 or 50 i'm like i got to catch up now and i've been on vacation i'm way behind
2: oh yeah we're we're lucky to all of us be part of a community of 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 passionate cinephiles that and i've said before we can talk about mexican art house right down to 80s post-apocalyptic films and it's great that we all have a community you know with you girls that you know at the forefront that can appreciate the spectrum of film so we're 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 very thankful that um we got to do this show with you guys because you're dear friends and and cinephiles fellow cinephiles
0: well, we appreciate it so much. And again, thank you more than anything for recommending a film that we said we never would have pursued. And I think it's both up to many things. Mm, uh, yes. So, Christine, if people want to find more about us, what do they do?
1: <laughs> That's a funny question. Well, they can, oh. they use, uh, they can search for Don't us in iTunes. do website I know, they can search for us in iTunes, um, which I did, and I subscribed to us, so it works. Good on um, you. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook. Just search um, Feminine Critique Podcast, and we can talk about stuff there. Um, You can email us at thefemininecritique at yahoo.com. And we are on Twitter. Um, Again, that is a whole confusing thing. um, Well, because you know what's weird? I don't know if it's the same for you, but I can't really – when I log
0: in, I don't see what you said. Like it's it's like we're two separate entities in there. So I know that's why we all these replies. So I'll reply back to people who you've probably
1: already replied to. It's very confusing. Oh, well just sign your tweets. Just put a little E and people will know. But um it's it's at feminine podcast, but I'm pretty sure if you just search the feminine critique in Twitter, we come up right away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. what about Word. that magazine you uh you gave? Oh I yeah. have a magazine. Um <laughs> Also very tired, but I have a magazine. It's called Paracinema. A bunch of the back issues are ready to sell out, so if you've been thinking about going for it, you should totally do it. It's uh, www.paracinema.net. The next issue, issue 18, should be out within the next few weeks. And the cover, this is a big reveal. Um, The cover is going to be The Dark Crystal, and I am actually (gasps) writing that article. So, Yes. Reveal. Nice. And are you guys doing something with buttons? Is that a thing? Oh yeah. We red have buttons,
3: um, red button squirreling.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no
1: squirreling here. Maybe a button of oh, red button squirreling. <laughs> that will be the next set. Just somebody send me some art for that and I'll have uh, <laughs> We actually have a, a pin set. We pin button apparently badges in other countries they're called. Flash. I don't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're little little pins, one-inch pins. Um, they have the website name. One of them says, watch more movies. And the other one is a little 8-bit ash from Evil Dead that Dylan nice. designed. Nice. And um, each one comes with a PDF of the cover article for the first issue ever that is no longer available. So nice. that's good. Oh. You should buy it because it helps us to know. They're adorable and they make lovely stocking stuffers. yeah. For all the, the film fans in your life,
2: yeah. And <laughs> or, where do you do you ship the buttons to, or the magazine for people that don't know? For some, where
1: reason. do we ship them to?
2: Yeah, so ship worldwide, correct?
1: Ship everywhere, yeah. Wicked guy. We have <laughs> Africa. We have a, 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 absolutely. We have a big following in like Australia. So nice. thanks, Australia.
2: Nice, nice. A lot yeah, of nice. uh, a lot of crocodile tooth necklace wearers support your magazine.
1: Yeah, we appreciate them and their crocodile tooth necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> And
0: their shirtless look under vests. Yeah. Best way to do it. The don't only way
4: to do it, don't they? All
0: yeah. right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. And don't forget to go over to the GGTMC to listen to the first half of this episode, which was on the shoot horses and uh, some other movie picks. <laughs> we will be back probably in a week or two with Christine. Do you remember what we're covering next? Uh-huh. High anxiety and cloak. Yes, both on InstaWatch. It is our lighter-hearted watching because I've been bringing Christine down with making her watch really sad things lately. Oh, man. Including the shoot horses, don't they? I love... (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty sad. (laughs)
3: I love Clue so I love Clue so much and it's basically because oh, of Colleen Camp and a French made outfit. Yeah. I
0: can see that. I can see that. For me it was probably Tim Cur- first maybe, maybe the first Jackson I fell in love with, Tim Curry that oh, He
3: is, he is that. so he's so good oh, in that movie. He's, he's, so good in Clue. Amazing in that yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. So
0: I'm really looking forward to to discussing that one. Awesome. And we have We'll do that soon. If, if anybody has any feedback or anything, you hit us up at all the places Christine said. Yep. And uh, in, in the tradition of the GGTMC, we're going to say... <laughs> Adios. Adios.
3: Adios.
4: Adios. Adios. Later.
0: <laughs> Bye.